You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You listen to Reception, Perception, the show. All right, uh, as you are listening to this podcast, I am assuming you are done with uh, the vast majority of your fantasy drafts. Um, it's always a fun question to ask a fellow, um, you know, industry person, how many drafts? Uh, how many leagues are you in, Matt Harmon? And, and people ask this, and I'm never prepared for like the exact answer. Um, right. I I have been trying to cut down uh, almost oh, every yeah, year. I try sure. I try to cut down. <laughs> like I think, you know, ba- and right. obviously, like back right. when uh, we were working together at NFL, I was probably in like twenty or something, you know, at the time <laughs> because just you know, I'm a young single guy, newish yep. in the industry, right? Like yep. I'll just say yes to anything now. At this point. Um, 32 with the real life and you know a lot of other stuff going on i'm trying to cut back right uh so i did add the uh eckler's edge invitational we do a fan we did a fancy league with a bunch of different folks in the industry so i added that one i'd say right now i'm probably like managed leagues and i'm focused like that i actually have to deal with i think it's probably between eight to ten okay that's not that's not terrible i think i'm yeah, in seven terrible. i'm in seven yeah. uh and, and and you know you're saying like manage it's like yeah, you're probably managing eight to ten. Like, how many do you actually care about? Like, oh, if you miss, wa- yeah. if you miss the waiver run, how many of those leagues where if you miss the waiver run, you're like, ah, oh, crap, I missed the waiver run. You know, like, how many right. of those leagues are you in? Well, and that that number is going to go down. <laughs> yeah, three way weeks, down. Four weeks into the season, because uh, I know I've said the metrics right. on on this. Sh- I might, I know I've said them on the Yahoo show. I might have said it on the uh, on this show too. That you know, if you if you start like one and four. Uh, you're you have like oh, a twelve percent chance to yeah, make you're, the, you're the playoffs, right? Like I think it's even yeah. less than that. But it's like if you start five and zero, oh, it's like eighty seven percent, you know. Yep, so yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think I've read those numbers off maybe on this show. So I, I'm it, sometimes it's like okay, <laughs> I missed a waiver run. Like <laughs> yeah, I'll fi- this team stinks anyways. I mean, I don't want to just lay down and give somebody a free win, right? Right. That's right, you right, know right. non competitive nonsense, but. Yeah. All right, if I got to find, you know, Mac Collins on the waiver wire and start him, uh, yep. you know, Saturday morning or something, I guess that yep. some some of that number is going to turn into those not ones again that yeah, I really care about. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a moving target, that's for sure. I think the number of leagues that I care about is probably more like 3. And I think I feel like I feel like 3 to 5 is like a good healthy number cuz that way you know, if you have too many, Matt, it's like you don't even have a rooting interest. You know, it's like, right. what are you rooting for? You know, it's like you, you're oh. taking that part of the, of the game away. Come on. You know, you get, you can't have eight to ten teams that you actually care about. It doesn't make sense. I honestly think those days are long gone for, for us. Maybe you're maybe you feel differently, <laughs> but I know like on a Sunday, I just can't uh-huh. even can't even sit there and think like, 
watching games. I really, you know, now that I'm now that I'm in a legal sports betting state, um, that yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what I'm going to care about on Sunday. There you go. As opposed there you to go. like, all right, yeah, I need to. I, I man, I really need uh Tim Pat. No, Tim Patrick's not playing this year. I really need uh you know Marvin Mims to score me uh to score me ten <laughs> points at least. No, like maybe maybe in in some of those small handfuls of leagues that I really care about, yeah. like yep. if it's a prime time game. Yeah, then like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. for example, like all my dynasty teams basically have like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on them. Um yeah. except the new by the way, another new one we got into with the Sickos, uh, our Sicko subscribers this year. That'll yep. be that will be fun. I definitely want to care about that because I don't want to have, you know, Zach Miller or Josh Scott or or, or Josh our our um our our uh our what do you call those things? Moderators uh, in Discord. I don't want any of those guys giving me crap, right, for my team stinking. So I'll probably care about that. But, you know, just like in a game where the Bills are on prime time or something, I'm going to be dialed into how D- Josh Allen's playing in that situation. But yeah, like 1 right. p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific games on Sunday. We'll just we'll come up for air and check on those teams uh, afterwards, basically. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, by the way, again, if you're listening to I'm assuming that most of your fantasy drafts uh, are pretty much completed uh, here uh, at this point uh, as you're listening to us on Tuesday. I, I've got a few drafts here on Tuesday, too, but that's OK. Um, but I, I thought it would be fun to go into the season talking about and we do this every year uh, talking about bold predictions. So this is going to be our bold predictions show. Uh, kind of, you know, I don't want to say hot takeish, but like semi hot takeish, bold predictions here. Uh, we're we're going to create a little path for this uh, for this to happen. Uh, explain our thought processes uh, behind this, but uh, but yeah, this is our our bold predictions episode, man. Uh, Matt, why don't you kick us off, man? What you got? Yeah, I'll say this too, obviously, because I, I do host another podcast. We did a no no shock. Everybody does does bold predictions episode. I did not yeah. overlap with any of those ones that I did on the Yahoo podcast, Ooh. but I will I will tell people like the it. five here. I want you to go listen to it for my reasoning, but I'll tell you, I'm not going to yeah. s- mention any of these. Uh, these are my five pred- bold predictions on that show. I had Damian Pierce leads the NFL in rushing yards. I had mm. Amon Ross St. Brown gets the triple crown. I had Marvin Whoa. Mims as leads all rookie wide receivers in yards. I had Jake Ferguson finishes as a top 12 tight end. And of course, I had to get a Steelers thing in there. I said the Steelers finishes a top 10 offense in some kind of important metric, success rate, EPA per play, <laughs> DVOA, whatever. I don't care. Um, so okay. I'm, I don't overlap anything that like happened in those, uh, but I want those on the record here. Uh, so that, that You know how bold predictions are, James. The rules of bold predictions is that – if we get these even kind of close to sort of right, we get oh, yeah. to, you know, beat our chest about it. But if we 100%. get them wrong, no accountability. Like, ah, who these cares? Are, yeah. these, no, oh, those are bold predictions. It doesn't matter. Uh, so those are the rules. We Now that we've established <laughs> things I'm not going to talk about and the rules yeah. of bold predictions, okay. I'll start yep. off this one. And this one's a little bit timely. Uh, Drake London goes for 1,200 receiving yards this Ooh, I like year. This. Yeah, I this like one, obviously, we love Drake London, uh, the player. Uh, yeah. We are obviously big fans of his game. You know, people know that last year uh, really, I think, established himself as the top dog on this offense. You know, um, that that obviously is something I, I definitely think. And, you know, there was a Adam Levitan was creating a little stir on Twitter this morning when he shared a, a article from Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons uh, for okay. the athletic, where he said that don't be surprised if Kyle Pitts finishes fourth on this team in targets, which, Whoa. Of, of course, caught people up in a stir. But my point between these two guys is that, yeah, I like Kyle Pitts. I'm a fan of Kyle Pitts, but I think Drake London had just established himself right away at the beginning of the last season as the best and most consistent pass catcher on this team. So, yeah, I think they will obviously have to throw the ball more than they will last year. I think they are going to do that. I also think that 
and we do need Desmond Ritter to be uh, Ryan Tannehill, like a poor man's Ryan Tannehill, which I, yeah. I think can also happen. Uh, so I, I, that's what I'm banking on here because the player, Drake London, is just so, so good. And I do think, like when you look at this passing tree, Kyle Pitts included, I just think Drake London is so far and away the alpha of this receiving uh, hierarchy here, more than yeah. B. John Robinson, obviously more than Mac Collins, right? Uh, so, right. yeah, I, I do think Drake London goes for 1,200 yards this year. Okay, uh, 1,200 yards, by the way. I, I feel like people overinflate some of these stats sometimes because 1200 yards, by the way, is very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, there's, there was only seven players last year uh, who topped 1200 yards. We'll, we'll go ahead and give it to Devonte Smith. He'll be number eight because he had uh, 1196 through the air. Okay. So we'll, we'll go ahead and give it to him, but eight players basically uh, that topped 1200 yards last year. Um, and when you're taking a look at some of the profiles, like w- what are some of the metrics, uh, not even metrics, but just like volume numbers that some of these guys look at the vast majority Jalen Waddle got to 1356 on 117 targets. That crazy is insane. That's just, I mean, that's madness. Dude. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying, but you know, in, in terms of the top se- uh, seven or eight guys, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, CD Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Again, we'll just go ahead and give it to him. Um, when you look at that list, Matt, there's a lot of, uh, again, outside X receivers there. I think CD Lamb's probably, you know, your, your only guy that lined up m- mostly inside uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, versus outside. And by the way, Matt, this is why I always say when I'm, whenever I'm looking at profiles, uh, for, for guys that could break out, I always look to guys that play outside, you know, mm-hmm. because this is the profile generally of guys who do well in fantasy football and rack up those yards. They generally play outside. Obviously there are some high profile, um, guys that can break that mold for sure. Like St. Brown, obviously last year had, 1161 but he missed a game uh and he left another game super early i think it was the cowboys game last year so yeah i i I agree obviously with these big time outside receivers are generally the guys that are going to do it and we know that that's who drake london was last year for the falcons there's some positional versatility stuff with him where he can play inside uh he can be like a big slot type receiver but yeah i think that he last year went out and showed that he's a true X and is going to win in that fashion. So he's, he's an easy guy, I think to bet on as a breakout this year. 1200 yards is definitely a bold prediction. Like he could have, yeah. he could yeah. have a thousand and, you know, seven, eight touchdowns and be a big breakout. If he gets a 1200, we're talking about like him establishing himself as a fringe top 10 receiver in the NFL, which I do think he has the ability to be that guy. Uh, by the way, this is uh this is kind of a callback to, uh, to my NFL network days, but remember the March to 1100, you know, it's yeah. like uh, that it was a big deal. To get to 1,100 yards wasn't easy to do back on a, on a 16 game slate as well. So, um, so yeah, when you say 1,200 yards, that is for sure uh, a bold prediction. By the way, only so we're 15 about, guys, only 15 guys got 1,100. I was last just gonna year, say, you know? I was gonna say, only 15 dudes got 1,100 yards. Man, it's tough. This is it's a tough number to crack uh, for sure. So there you go. Um, all right, uh, I will give one here. Uh, Sam Darnold resurrects his career (laughs) leads the Niners to a playoff win and and is the starter next season for the Niners bold prediction Sam Darnold coming back all gas no breaks let's go so (laughs) by the way if you're listening on the body Matt Harmon's just covering his face right now being like stop it 
Let me, I'll lay out just two things here, okay? One, Adam Gase, Matt Rule, was this man's head coach for four of his five professional, I guess three and a half of his five professional seasons, okay? Todd Bowles was his uh, head coach his rookie season. Steve Wilkes was the interim head coach uh, his last half season there in Carolina. Todd Bowles, Steve Wilkes, obviously defensive-minded guys. This man has not seen good offensive coaching in the entirety of of his NFL career. And I just point to Kyle Shanahan turning Jimmy G and Brock Purdy into viable NFL starters. Sam Darnold, I think has got more tools than those guys. I don't necessarily know if he's got it upstairs. <laughs> I, that's, that's the big part that this could be turning real sideways real quick, but I'm just saying yeah. in terms of arm talent and physical tools, Sam Darnold definitely has more physical tools than both Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. All right, let me have it. I mean, <laughs> I just don't. I don't know what it is with you Sam Darnold guys. Like Sam Darnold Hive will not give it a rest. Like no, will not. No, never. Never. Because never. I think we can all agree that if Sam Darnold had to play for the San Francisco 49ers, if Brock Purdy got injured or if he absolutely – like diarrheas on his shoes. That's I think yeah. how he has to, he has to be that bad. I think to get benched for Sam Darnold, I think this I idea agree. like that Purdy's going to have, they're going to have a quick hook with, with him to, to get Sam Darnold out there, I think is kind of crazy, but even to say like, I could buy, Oh yeah, he's going to have a nice little run with the 49ers, like win some games with them or whatever. But for you to say that he's not only going to lead him to a playoff berth, but he's going to be the starter heading into next year, yeah. which means by the way, they'll have to sign him to some kind of like, yep. Co contract extension because he's only on a one-year deal right. i mean correct i i don't know there there has to i can't imagine another player in nfl history that has done as little well not and not even like we've seen like it's not like trey lance well we've never seen the guy play right like right we've seen sam darnold play like we know <laughs> what that looks like we know what the results bear out and still still <laughs> and you're not alone in this still sam darnold hive like can, yep. can manufacture some way where it's going to go it, like some excuse to make for him. I don't know. I, I think you were, you compared him to Jameis Winston on a few podcasts ago, and it's not yes. too dis, it's not too dissimilar to, to Jameis Winston. Although Jameis Winston oh, has sure. played a lot better in the NFL than Sam Darnold of uh, 5,000 yards, you know, uh, a, a million interceptions and a million touchdowns. You know, I, I mean, anytime a guy can throw down 5k, uh, you're doing pretty good. Now that being said, again, He's playing for, you know, guys like Bruce Arians and, 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 you know, he's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that he's throwing the football to. Okay. Does Sam Darnold do that uh, on that team? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But you're right. I, I, listen, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I've compared him to Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston obviously uh, was at his peak more successful than Sam Darnold at his peak. Uh, but you know, at, at Sam Darnold's lows, yeah, man, he was just absolutely just vomiting all over himself on the football field. So again, we're, uh, we're talking, we're talking bold predictions here. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay. Brock Purdy seventh round dude. It's not like they're locked into Brock Purdy. Okay. The, the entire NFL is available to you in this bold prediction segment. And you've gone yeah. to Sam Darnold. You can make a bold prediction about anybody, anything, anywhere, anywhere. And you go to yeah, Sam, I, Darnold I, Sam Darnold being the <clears throat> unquestioned <Yeah>. starter <laughs> heading into next year for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, 
God bless you. God bless. Yeah. God bless you, and God bless Sam Darnold. I wish I had people right. who believed in me as much as you people believe in Sam Darnold. Yeah, correct, correct. All right, let's move on. Bold prediction number two. Hit me, Matt Harm. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Uh, all right. My next bold prediction is again, I'll go, I'll actually go team specific on this one. I think the Packers okay. win the NFC North. Um, mm. and this is bold. If you look at the odds, by the way, because the Detroit lions, uh, are yeah. rather he- which I, I mean, my God, the lions are, are heavy favorites right now. Plus Plus one thirty five at bet MGM to win the NFC North. Um, yeah. the Vikings are plus two seventy. The Vikings famously had 13 wins last year and the Packers are plus three fifty. Uh, I will say Very that, close. uh, my buddy at Yahoo, Frank Schwab has kind of, um, infected my brain on this one. He might've incepted this take into me because, um, I, I am, a, I am a little bit of a lion skeptic where in that I think, like I think there's a chance, and this is, could age poorly, but I was telling my my buddies this over the weekend, hanging out. I was yeah. like, I think the Lions are going to lose by ten points at least on on the opener. Like I think the Chiefs are going to come out there and and look really Just good. Just on them. Uh-huh. I, I and. I'm a little bit of a Lions skeptic. Not that I don't think they're a good team, but just that like they're this heavy of a favorite. Uh, that I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of that. I think the Vikings are going to be a solid team this year, uh, but. I, I do think they're not going to win 13 games again. I think the Vikings right. probably would be no. my favorite to win the division. So the Packers here, bold prediction, I think they win the NFC North because they have a lot of young talent, right, That on offense. We've talked a lot about that. They should have a good running game uh, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But if two or three of these young players in the passing game, you know, besides Jordan Love, who obviously is the big unknown here, but if Christian Watson takes a step, and Romeo Dobbs takes a step, or Christian Watson and Jaden Reed, or Christian Watson is the player he was last year, but Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed are immediate contributors. That's going to be a pretty good little setup there for Jordan Love if these guys all hit and take a step. Take a step. I kind of have grown with my confidence in Jordan Love just hearing the way that the Packers feel about him and how excited mm-hmm. they are, and, and just I think he can be like a solid NFL starter this year. And then it just comes back to the defense too, which this defense has a lot of, again, young, highly drafted players. If some of yeah. those guys come along, I think the Packers have the makings of being a very, very good team. I think the two guys I entered this offseason, like it real I don't know about them as quarterbacks, is probably like Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love, just based on the limited looks we've gotten at both. We know, people know my confidence now in Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense. I'm not quite the all the way there with the Jordan Love Packers, but I think the team can be really good around Jordan Love. And I think Jordan Love can be 
like a, again, a solid NFL starting quarterback. And yeah, Packers win the NFC North and the misery of Lions fans and Bears fans and Vikings fans just continues <laughs> to live on despite Aaron Rodgers being gone. Hey, listen, the Vikings were in um, an impossible 11 and 0 in one score games last year in the regular season. And then, of course, in the postseason, it's a one score game and they lose. Um, but you just can't do that. You know, 11 and 0 in one score games in the NFL, that's more of like a. Again, unless you're a super talented team, right? Which I don't, I think we can all agree the Vikings are, are not that. Yeah. Um, but if for the most part, it's more like 50 50. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> if you were to take, even if you gave them the plus side of that, I mean, you could tack on another five losses onto their record, um, you know, in 2023 or, or however you want to look at it, you know. But in these one score games, man, the NFL's weird. You know, yeah. because it tends to these things tend to like it's like water it just tends to level out, you know, mm -hmm. so you're 11 and 0 in the regular season in 2022. I, you might be on the negative side of that in 2023. I, I really think the Vikings could be that bad, you know, and again, it's not that they're a bad team. It's just that's just how the NFL goes. Yeah. You know, in these one score games, you know what I mean? So uh, for them to be 11-0 in one score games last year is a little, is a little insane. Obviously, um, the betting markets, when they got into that game, they were a, the, I mean, they were a betting underdog uh, to the Giants. And, and, and for good reason, they lost that yeah. game to the Giants in the postseason. So, um, so, yeah, I could definitely see the Vikings obviously taking a huge step back. Um, the Bears are an interesting team to me. I know that they're supposed to be developmental Matt but I don't know man just can they get something out of Justin Fields you know I, I think that would be something to watch for uh and the addition of DJ Moore too I think maybe takes that um takes the passing attack to another level so I, I feel like the Bears are a little bit of a wild card in this and they're obviously the the the, the biggest underdog uh to win the NFC North at um if you're going by bet MGM plus 450 uh which actually gives them the worst odds uh, on bet yep. MGMs, uh, FanDuel's got them at plus four thirty, and points bet uh, has them at plus three seventy five. So plus four fifty, uh, the best odds you can get if you really think that the Bears uh, have a chance to win the NFC North. I don't know, man. I so so much needs to go right for the Bears. Uh, you know, defensively they got to take a step. You know, I agree the coaching staff they last take, like, year three did steps. It. Yeah, they got to take a few steps. Uh, I agree with you that the coaching staff last year. Got a good, um, like they got Justin Fields on the right track and they got a lot yeah, out of him exactly. as a runner. But the passing game stuff, I think people forget that like they hit a pretty big stall to end last year. You know, they, um, they like the last few starts that Justin Fields had did not go well against like winnable, gettable defenses like Detroit mm -hmm. and um, Atlanta. And obviously the passing talent, it's just going to be night and day if DJ Moore and like Darnell Mooney and even Chase Claypool is out there with a year under his belt in the offense. Right. That's just going to be much better than the guy like Equinemius St. Brown and like all these guys that are rolling out the end of last year. But nevertheless, right. it's still, I think people are still a little underrating the amount of work that Justin Fields needs as a player to be a true high-level passer. So for me, uh, I just think I feel the best about the entire situation with the Packers here. Uh, so I'll take them bold prediction to win the NFC North. Um, you talked about Marvin Mims. You and I are, are simpatico on a lot of players, man. Um, I love, by the way, I loved your Jake Ferguson take because uh, <laughs> I love Jake Ferguson. I really do. Um, I really think he's got a chance to, to really break out. 
Uh, by the way, speaking of breakout potential breakout tight ends, I kind of like Cole Komet uh, as a potential breakout t- tight end as well. It built a, a nice chemistry with Justin Fields, um, and he's going so late in drafts. You know, it's he's yeah. all over the board. Some people really like Cole Komet. Other people just say, ah, who cares about Cole Komet? Uh, he's going to be the number three option or whatever it is. But uh, he's got, I think, a chance to break out as well. But I, I love that Jake Ferguson take because I just think he's such a talented player. Okay, now that being said, uh, I will go simpatico here with you on Marvin Mims. I'm going to say he's a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy football. Mm. Bold prediction here. Uh, last year, there were only two wide receivers that saw 125 plus targets and did not finish in the top 20 in PPR. One was Deontay Johnson, who had a damn near historic scoreless streak, 147 (laughs) targets, zero touchdowns, as we've highlighted on the show many, many times. Uh, The other player who saw more than 125 targets did not finish in the top 20 in PPR. That was Garrett Wilson, also 147 targets, 83 catches for 1,100 yards, just just outside the top 20. I think he was the wide receiver 21. Uh, but again, he had arguably the worst quarterback situation in the NFL last year. Um, does Marvin Mims, so it brings me to the question of, can Marvin Mims see 125 targets in this offense? And I say the answer, bold prediction, is yes. Because again, Jerry, Judy, all kinds of banged up. Um, and... and and let's be real, Cortland Sutton is like Oklahoma, okay? He's turning into a boomer sooner, all right? He's, he's going into his age 28 season, but, man, he has aged, I mean, significantly uh, over the past couple of seasons. Injuries, I think, have certainly racked up. Uh, and, and as you have highlighted, uh, Sutton generally not – he's not like an – he's not a great separator all over the field. No. Judy, as you've highlighted, not a good separator damn near anywhere. Uh, on the field. I, I just wonder, does Marvin Mims step in year one and see 125 plus targets? I, I think the possibility is at least there, Matt. The guy's obviously super fast, ran a 43840. Um, and as you charted, he's a 50 50 slot flanker guy. So he can line up um, all over the field in two and three wide receiver sets. So uh, I, I think the possibility is there for Marvin Mims to finish as a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy. You know, like, again, my bold prediction on the Yahoo show is he leads all rookie wide receivers in yards because obviously we had two guys go over uh, 1,000 last year, Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave, but, like, that was a historic, historic class. You know, usually we're talking about guys like he could have, like, 800 yards and lead all rookies, especially if you just think about the round one guys. Like, they're they're all blocked by significant, like, high-level talented players, and that brings us to the Denver situation that you're talking about. Like, it's not that – Court and Sutton are certainly even Jerry like certainly Jerry Judy are bad football players I think Sutton's just kind of leveled out as an average starting X receiver and Judy is a is a good route runner he's just so inconsistent like he has these high level flashes then he has these really like low moments where that technique and the separation and, and maybe it is injury related like those aren't all the way there all the time I think Mims could be the consistent high level player on this offense. Cause he's, that was sort of who he was in college. He's a little boom and busty. And maybe um, just from a performance standpoint, because of his vertical skill set, maybe that trends over to the NFL. If he's purely a right. field stretcher for this team, but that's another reason that he could have like 110 targets and you could get this right because he could be like a high yards per target player because of the, yep. those vertical route running skills. So yeah, I, I love this one. Obviously I'm on the same page. 
Um, you know, the thing about Mims that um, that I, I really liked from the profile, too, was that the, he was great on slants and then he was great over the top. We, we mm-hmm. knew about the over the top, uh, over the top prowess um, from Oklahoma. Right. The fact that this guy can can run those vertical routes. Look, when you run a sub four four in college, you, you, you generally should be pretty good over the top. OK, that's fine. Uh, not great in the intermediate area, as you highlighted in your profile uh, on him, which I think kind of sort of makes sense. He's kind of a, you know, smallish type player, uh, probably doesn't want to take big hits over the middle. That's fine. Uh, but the fact that I thought he was pretty good on slants and over the top uh, will, I think, allow for him to kind of not only get, you know, little little layup throws, but also some of those high value, high air yard targets uh, in over the top and keep defenses honest. That That's the kind of stuff that, man, sign me up. I mean, especially when you got a guy like Sean Payton who has who has utilized speed slot guys in the past. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Let's go. Love it. We're definitely on the same page as Marvin Mims. All right. Give me another one. Give me another bold prediction, Matt Harmon. Go. All right. I'll go with Sky Moore. Catches 85 passes Ooh, this yeah. year. Uh, Sky Moore, that would put him last year 17th in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey finished 17th with 85 catches. Uh, and he's a running back, obviously. Uh, the Great. next l- receiver there is Christian Kirk actually with 84 catches, uh, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. And I think there's a chance that – like I actually kind of think Skymore and Christian Kirk are a little bit similar players. Um, okay. You know, they're probably not going to be guys that win downfield, uh, outside, but they can be vertical slot players. So I think that could yeah. be the strength of, of Skymore's game. And you just look at like – by the way, it's funny. You look at Juju's season last year in 16 uh-huh. games, uh, you know, 14 starts. We know he didn't finish all his games. 78 catches, 933 yeah. yards, three touchdowns. Like, why can't Sky Moore have that exact same season? We've talked about that role is, is perfect fit for him. He's taking over that role. I think he's going to lead all the receivers in production this year. So, yeah, Sky Moore, 85 catches on a team that has – um, just it, we know they're thirsty for receiver talent, right? Yeah, um, right. I, I love just the, some of those signals we got from Sky Moore as a rookie in terms of winning on slants and curls and comebacks and and dig routes. Those are the juju routes, obviously, that he's going to be replacing in this offense. So now you just look at Sky Moore as a guy who is going to pretty like it was nice. We got like summer hype on Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice, but those guys aren't going to play right. big roles on the with the regular offense. Like Sky Moore is going to play a, a regular role with the like a big role at the regular offense and neither of those guys really has the same skill set as him either so even if those guys eventually get playing time in the second half of the year i don't think it's going to come at the expense of a guy like sky Moore, who who just stands out so much in this receiver room you know Kadarius tony's going to be healthy apparently week one i don't think his role overlaps with sky Moore. <laughs> apparently I mean, yeah yeah sure uh so <laughs> I, I really just think sky Moore is being a little overthought right now in the industry. And I think an 85 catch season for him, you know, that would probably put him certainly top 20 receivers in fantasy. So bold prediction a little bit there, but yeah, I like the, I like the guy and I think he's just in a really good situation right now. Uh, To Matt's point, there was only 13, yep. 13 receivers, uh, 13 wide receivers who saw 80 more than 85 targets or excuse me, 85 catches last year so for sky Moore, who is basically i mean i mean let's be real in in most home leagues this guy's a forgotten player uh in most drafts uh for him to skyrocket up and be one of the top 15 pass catchers pass catching wide receivers uh in the nfl that is certainly uh a bold prediction and and i love it um shockingly tyler lockett at 84 catches <clears throat> christian kirk at 84 catches as well i thought tyler lockett had more you know i, I just 
every time I looked up, it was Tyler Lockett catching a big cat, uh, a, a big pass somewhere, you know? So maybe, I don't know. I'm He's a high he yards per target guy and high catch rate guy. So yeah, he only has uh 117 targets, but he catch, he always catches over 70%. He's always like, it's crazy, you know, almost to nine yards per target. Right. So he's, he's just such an efficient player because he's really, really good at the game. <laughs> Tyler Lockett, a 72% catch rate doing what he does. That efficiency has been with him his entire career. He's just, I mean, just insane. It's crazy stuff. Uh, this is my last bold prediction here. Uh, I think Matt's got a few more here, but that's okay. Um, my last bold prediction, Raheem Mostert. You know I can't quit Raheem Mostert. Man. Oh, you know, baby. <laughs> you you know I love me some Raheem Mostert. Bold prediction. It's a two-part bold prediction. One, bold prediction, I say he's going he's gonna to play a full 17 games. That's the boldest bold of enough. all bold yeah. predictions. Okay. <laughs> Not only that, I'm going to say he finishes as top 15 uh, running back in fantasy football. Um, and, and again, if he does play all 17 games, and he's all and, and he's healthy in all seventeen, which he's by the way never done in his career ever. Uh, but if he does that, I don't think a top fifteen finish is out of the question at all. We're talking about a guy who has a career five point four yards per carry average as a player, a seventy five percent catch rate as a player. So a good pass catcher, great between the tackles, actually great outside the tackles. Man, what what a, a, a terrific outside zone guy uh, is Raheem Mostert. And over his last 15 healthy games last season, um, he racked up 1,061 total yards and averaged 5.0 yards per carry. So it, it, he's doing the old Spider-Man gif, avoiding those lightning bolts. Like every single time Miami's in the mix uh, for some of these high-profile running backs that are available. Dalvin Cook is in the mix. Jonathan Taylor's in the mix. Now I'm sure Kareem Hunt is going to be somewhere in the mix. But Jeff Wilson starts the season – uh, banged up and hurt Devin a chain, yeah. by the way, who everyone wants to love Devin a chain, smaller running back. And he's already coming into this season with shoulder and hamstring issues. Okay. So again, if you're, if you're betting on Devin a chain to have a breakout rookie campaign, a smaller back already with shoulder issues is a big time concern. Um, and, and to be honest with you, kind of an addendum to this is that you really need to be drafting Kareem Hunt as well. I know he's not on a team right now. I know he's not on a team. I would be shocked if Kareem Hunt doesn't end up um, on the Miami Dolphins at some point. Again, Jeff Wilson banged up. Devin A. Chain banged up. Raheem Mostert, who I'm saying is going to play a full 17. He's probably not going to play a full 17. <laughs> Let's be real here. Okay, let's be real. Uh, and at some point, you know, and I know he was, uh, Kareem Hunt was terrible last year uh, as a runner, especially to the outside. Um, I, I just, I, I want to chalk a lot of that up to just disinterest. You know, he wanted a new contract, didn't get it, um, obviously got let go. Um, I think he'll come back. I think he'll be refocused, rejuvenated, um, playing in a locker room that I think um, has a lot of that juice going on in in Miami, right? Like guys seem to be genuinely excited to be in that Miami locker room. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I wonder if Kareem Hunt ends up over there um, and has a pretty good season. That that's a, that's an addendum bold prediction. Okay, Kareem Hunt is gonna is gonna actually have a decent season there uh, with the Miami Dolphins. He'll, he'll be a popular waiver wire ad at some point uh, during the season. 
is is my bold is my is my secondary bold prediction to this Raheem Mostert playing full seventeen and finishing as a top fifteen guy at the position. So there you go. I mean, the runway is so clear for Raheem at this point, man. He just he could just stay on the field, and we know he's such a good system fit. That's the reason yeah. I think actually guys like Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette haven't been like really on the Miami Dolphins radar. Like they signed Darrington Evans, who um, is like a faster outside zone type of runner because they do yeah. run such kind of that hyper specific scheme which is why they targeted jeff wilson it's why they targeted raheem mostert because again these these are guys that have played in this run system before and like know it yeah. like the back of their hand right so i mean fournette definitely not a fit uh for this no, team no, um, no, no kareem hunt yeah you're right like i think if he recaptured some of his own old form he could be um kind of on that sort of kind of in the ballpark of what the dolphins are looking for but i like the raheem mostert one man you know I was taking Jeff Wilson a ton in the late rounds uh, before the the news broke, kind of out of nowhere, right? Like, where out the hell nowhere. did this out of nowhere? Where the hell this Jeff Wilson thing come from? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was disappointed uh, about that, and he's really like now it's like can you take you can't really if you have a draft like you can't really take Jeff Wilson like oh I'll put him on my IR spot because like Mike McDaniel said yeah we're we're hoping we can have him again before the end of the season like oh <laughs> yeah I know right. Like All I'm right. hoping he's back before the end of it. It was like, what? Wait a second. Now I thought he was only going to miss four games. Like that, that sounds like a much longer injury. Um, and, and again, it's like you know to the to the abdomen growing area. So I just I wonder um, what does that look like? You know, is he going to need surgery at some point? Is that going to end his season? I don't know. Uh, he might be trying to fight through it, but I, it doesn't sound like surgery is fully off the table and again Jeff Wilson has a pretty long injury history himself so um, I don't know we'll see I, I do think by the way Kevin it should be noted Kevin Stefanski you talk about uh, the Cleveland Browns um, Kevin Stefanski generally uses an outside um, mm -hmm. run scheme too it's not totally always zone but they do run to the outside a lot uh, and last year Kareem Hunt was not good in that system but the years prior he was very good Right. So uh, I do think that he's got, you know, some of the chops to play uh, in this outside, you know, scheme that they've got in Miami as well. So I, I would be surprised if Kareem Hunt doesn't end up there now that, you know, all these other pieces, uh, the Dalva Cooks and the Jonathan Taylors of the world have kind of, you know, settled in, into their specific roles. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt is certainly a player that um, that I think you can eyeball. I, he's probably going to be on the waivers. I'd be surprised if he's not. Uh, I'm playing in an industry draft where Kareem Hunt got drafted, I think, in like the 17th round. So I think in most home leagues, he'll be on the waiver wire, Matt. But uh, he's certainly a guy that you want to keep an eye on. Totally. Do you think Fournette, by the way, is just done? Do you think he's done? Yeah. He had some he had some tweet where he's like, you know, I'm not finished yet or something like that. But, you know, who knows? That's that could be anything. Right. He could be talking about, you know, he's not done with his yard work or whatever right he's got he's got other stuff on it you know whatever it, it, it could be anything right but right, right, it's just right, crazy right, right. that i mean not that he i don't think he was god awful last year and i don't th i think he's no. always kind of gotten a bit of a bad rap as a player because he yeah. was so overhyped coming into the nfl and then the jaguars right. drafted him freaking fourth overall uh right. so he kind of always got a little bit of a bad rap and you know he's he just feels like he'd be a great fit with the Cowboys as like their grinder back alongside Tony Pollard, just eat, you know, useless carries and stuff like that. But um, sure. I'm probably not, I'm not, I shouldn't really try to forecast that on like Tony Pollard <laughs> investors and stuff because <laughs> right. I think Pollard's in for a big year, yeah. but it just is a little surprising to me that I think Fournette has gotten zero interest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, what role does he want to accept too, right, Matt? Like what, yeah. uh, is he going to accept a short yardage goal line? back row? I don't think so. I think he's still looking for, he wants to be either 
you know, the, the B side of a one, a one B. And I think at this point in his career, he's probably just not that guy. I think yeah. he's a short yardage specialist, uh, probably a goal line back specialist. I don't know, man. Like if he took on like that, like uh, Jerome Bettis role or something, I, I mean, shoot uh, Leonard, you could go eat a couple more cheeseburgers, pack it on like Bettis did and just be the bus, you know, like be bus 2.0 and just, you know, try to rack up 10 touchdowns somewhere and just vulture a bunch of touchdowns from people who, from fantasy backs that people actually care about, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what Zeke did. That's the, the, yeah. the Patriots had Fournette in for a visit, right? And then they eventually like wined and dined Zeke and, and brought him in. Cause I think he's probably a little to, to kind of piggyback your point. I think he's a little bit more in the, like he just did this in Dallas for like, all right, look, I used to be the guy here, but now like Tony Pollard is, you know, they're, they're playing him a little bit more. And I think he yeah. probably didn't want to go back and do that for the Cowboys necessarily from like a pride standpoint, but right. like, okay, I'll go do it for Ramondre Stevenson in new England. But I, I think you're right. Fournette probably sees himself as still a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I don't even know if Zeke has uh, really accepted the fact that Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, fantasy folks, like, of course, we all like, oh, we all love Ramondre, but it's like, ask like a regular fan who Ramondre Stevenson is. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if Zeke goes into New England thinking Ramondre is anything. He might just be thinking like, yeah, I'm going to be the 1A and or 1B. To this guy, this this uh, you know relatively unknown player, Ramondre Stevenson, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, in the when you're super into fantasy, it's like you look at the efficiency metrics and like you know you look at the analytics and all these uh, all these kind of numbers and you say, oh, Ramondre, man, like you give him a full runway, this guy could go off, you know, and that's what we're projecting or we were projecting before the Zeke signing. I, I just don't think. I just don't think normal, regular NFL folks, I'm, I'm talking even the players themselves, I don't know if they view some of these stats the way that we do. You know what I mean? So I, I wonder if Zeke just goes to New England thinking, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll, we'll be a 50-50 tandem, you know? Uh, all right, bold prediction uh, for you, Matt Harmon. Go. All right, I got two more. Uh, so first, uh, I'll say, yeah, and maybe people won't say this is bold, but I think Jamar Chase scores 18-plus touchdowns this year. Um yeah, Jamar Chase, obviously a good player, right? He's he's the best and most established player I've talked about. Last year, the leader in touchdowns was Devontae Adams with 14. Uh, right. In 2021, the leader in touchdowns was Cooper Cup with 16. Uh, in 2020, the leader in touchdowns was Devontae Adams with 18. Uh, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But then again, in 2019, 11 is the lead, lead league leader right. in touchdowns. You know, 15, Antonio Brown in 2018. Remember Antonio Brown? Uh, 15 there. 13, DeAndre Hopkins leads the NFL in touchdowns in 2017. So 18 is kind of like an outlier number to point out here. Yes, 100%. Um, I think Jamar Chase leads the NFL in touchdowns this year. I think he scores 18-plus touchdowns. Um, you know, we've already seen him be a guy. had nine last year, and he didn't even play a full season, and he came back like – pretty quickly from a freaking hip issue. So I, I think Jamar Chase is just the man. I think he's going to have this monster season where, yeah, you can't necessarily project him for the type of targets that uh, on a – well, I, see, here's the thing. People people say, well, you can't really project, uh, you know, J uh, Jamar Chase to have like a Justin Jefferson type season Why just not? because of how many other players are in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. But – you know, it's not as if Justin Jefferson went out there and had some kind of like 31% target share. He had 26.6% target share. Um, yeah. And that was with Kirk Cousins, who, you know, I've 
talked about becoming Kirk pilled uh, this off season, but <laughs> I still certainly think Joe Burrow is a better and, and more aggressive and, and more competent quarterback uh, than Kirk cousins. So, you know, right. yeah, I think if we look at Jamar chase, who kind of sneakily dominates the team in targets anyways, he 27% does. target share for, for Jamar chase last year. Yeah. If you look at like first read targets from fantasy points data, which I think does a really good job of, um, you know, showing who the number one is and like who really uh, is kind of that like that dude. Like Jamar Chase, thirty-seven point three percent first read target share for fantasy points data. T Higgins, twenty-one point one percent. Like I like T Higgins. We all like T Higgins, but Justin Jefferson. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase just so much better. Like he can have, and that's really no no shade to T Higgins again, who's a very good player, no. but Jamar Chase is just at, on a different level. I think he can have that type of season where he you know, dominates the targets here. He has 27% of the team targets. He stays healthy. He has a higher average depth of target, 9.8 average depth of target last year. Um, I think they can push that more towards like maybe his rookie year or even like in between those big play machine touchdown maker from a yak standpoint, from a tight coverage standpoint, from a deep right. ball standpoint, the guy can just do it all 75% success rate versus man in each of his first two seasons. One of the most underrated technicians in the game as well. I think everything is just here for Jamar chase to have like a special type season. Um, so I, I think Justin Jefferson actually could be the number one receiver in fantasy. Um, but also I think that look, Jamar chase could be there by the end of the year, 18 plus touchdowns for Jamar chase this season. Honestly, um, okay. So two points. First of all, I'm I'm all aboard that. Uh, 18 touchdowns is tough, but uh, you know, in terms of like Jamar Chase being the guy this year in 2023, like being the wide receiver number one, the best player in fantasy football, I, I'm 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 on board with that. I'm okay with that. Not saying that it's going to happen, but I can see a path for that to happen. By the way, Matt, um, when people say, "Oh, well, he can't see that level of volume that um, Justin Jefferson." Can see, I don't understand that whatsoever. This man saw 134 targets in 12 games last year. You divvy that up, that's 11.16 targets per game. That's a ton. Okay, now you average that out over t over a 17-game season. That's 189 targets. Okay, uh, Justin Jefferson saw 184 targets last year. That's It's very similar. It's very similar. So there's absolutely no reason why over a 17-game season, um, Ch Chase can't see the same level of, of, of targets that you know the Devontae Adams and the Justin Jeffersons of the world see. Like He was already on pace to do that last year. Mm -hmm. Now he's going into a traditionally a, a, a very big jump in terms of production. I'm talking about third year wide receivers playing with a better. He's playing with the best quarterback of the bunch in Joe Burrow. Right. I, 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 why not? Why? Why, why can't um, Chase? Why can't Jamar see that level of, of volume? I, I don't see that as not only outside the realm of possibility. I, I don't even see that as. That's not even a bold prediction in terms of like volume. You know what I'm saying? Like if he out targets Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, I don't see that as being bold. He was again on pace to do that last year, Matt. You know what I'm saying? So I, I it's not only it's not only possible, I think it's it's very probable that he sees somewhere north of 180 targets in 2023. Uh fantasy players like to pretend that the postseason just doesn't exist. Because they stopped playing. True, fantasy. true, true. Right, uh, right, right. But if you look at even the playoffs last year, 
Well, I mean, look at the first like the first two years. You know, we're focusing on last year, right? T. Higgins six targets, four targets, eleven targets. He's definitely going to have those games, right? Yep. But then you look mm-hmm. at Jamar Chase twelve, eight, eight. Like it's rare that you're going to get less than eight or fewer than yep. eight targets from a guy like Jamar Chase. Just again because he is the one in this offense and is. And that, yeah, there's no shade to T. Higgins, who's a fantastic nope. player, but Jamar, I just think, is on a different level. And I agree that he's the type of guy who's going to have one of these monster seasons at some point. And, you know, I think it can certainly happen when these two guys are together. Uh, hopefully they're together for the long term, Higgins and Chase. Right. Uh, yeah. And Joe Burrow, that'd be awesome to continue to see that. Uh, it just, and we got to remember, too, at different points last year, like early on, they hadn't really like the Bengals hadn't really figured out their offense quite just yet, but it was really in the no. back half of the year. And we still think there's ways that they can even kind of improve the play calling a little bit more in Cincinnati. But to even start Jamar last year's Chase, sort of, even Jamar Chase feels like there's ways for them to improve the play call. He said yeah. exactly the same stuff that I was talking about on the podcast, which is like, yo, let's run a few fewer vertical routes and mix up some of the intermediate stuff because he can win there as well uh, as you've pointed out very very clearly in your profile of Jamar Chase yeah 100% man I I think we haven't even seen the best of Jamar Chase yet which is crazy and I think this year could be the best we see of him and he gets those 18 touchdowns man I'm getting hyped bro like I am I'm getting hyped for Jamar Chase like I I really feel like um, and again if you take Justin Jefferson 1.1 I'm obviously that's like the consensus pick there but yeah, bro. If you take Jamar Chase there at one dot one, I'm not mad at you either. You know, people might be like, "Oh wow, I can't believe you took Jamar Chase." But I, I mean, the way we lay it out, man, it's like I'm not. I wouldn't be that. You know, I'm not mad at you. And uh, to be honest, with you, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if you took Jamar Chase one dot one. To be honest, I, I just I love the player that much, and I love his system. Uh, I love the 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 fit there in Cincinnati that much as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Love the player. All right, my last one here. This one's a little weird because the. This is not the bold prediction. I think the okay. Jaguars win the AFC South going away. That is okay. not the bold prediction because that's okay. not bold. Uh, that's actually kind of chalky. If you look at the AFC South, the um, division yeah. winner on consensus, minus 155 for the Jaguars. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the bold prediction here is that the Texans are the second best team in the AFC South. Uh, and okay. I think they finish with a 500 or better record this year. The Texans are plus 1,100 to finish to win the AFC South. Uh, the Titans are plus 300. The Colts are plus 550. So it is a bold prediction. I, I, man, you look at the Texans, and I think they've like kind of got something going on. Like I mentioned Damian Pierce. I, I bold prediction to lead him lead the NFL in rushing. I toyed with like a Nico Collins 1,000-yard bold prediction. Uh, Ooh, just, yeah. you know, I'm very confident in him. I think yep. their role players, if you look at the depth chart, is really um, kind of underrated, right? Like, Tank Dell's a nice role player. Uh, Robert mm-hmm. Woods is still like a competent flanker receiver who can block really well. Their offensive line, admittedly, is not um, as they've dealt. They've dealt with a lot of injuries, right? They've got a ton. Of, they've got five guys who are going to play big roles are now on IR. So that, or excuse me, four guys that were going to play big roles are, are on IR. So that's a little problematic. Titus Howard also dealt with an offseason injury, but like yeah. they add Shaq Mason, they have Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, I was going to um, say, you know, if you've got, if you start there with Tunsil and Shaq Mason, I think you're all right. You know, right. like I know, I know their backups, all their backups were, you know, um, were, were getting banged up and, um, and that's not great. I, I mean, you would have loved to see like, I don't know, like Juice Scruggs or something or like, you know, Quisenberry, like be there, of course, you know, but I think if you start with Tunsil and Mason, I, I don't know. I, I think you're in a really good spot. And I think that defensively, too, is where this is really interesting because I think we all have just been like, yeah, the Texans defense stinks. It's it's not been a good unit the last few years, and that is very true. But 
You know, D'Amico right. Ryans has just gotten great, great yep. effort, intensity, and like yep. production out of defensive players in San Francisco. I think he's going to bring that to Houston. Obviously, they have Will Anderson, who's a rookie edge rusher, but you just look at like some of the role players they've added, like Sheldon Rankins from the Jets was a nice player. Um, Steven Nelson's an, a solid little cornerback there across from Derek. And this is another thing, too. You have two breakout players in Derek Stingley and Jalen yeah. Petrie. Derek Stingley was like, he was drafted ahead of Sauce Gardner last year. I know. And, um, that was a mistake. Had that's an okay. incredible, <laughs> yeah, an incredible start to his collegiate career. But yeah, last year he's playing in like Lovey Smith's cover two defense, just not right. the best fit, you know. But in a more aggressive, higher man coverage team, like this team is probably going to be in Houston. Better for right. him, fit for him. Jalen Petrie's interesting. They bring in Jimmy Ward as a role player. I, know, um, I like that. Yeah. One. So I kind of think Houston's defense can be solid. And I think the offense can be kind of solid if CJ Stroud, who we all think is more pro ready than some of these other guys that came into the league this year. Um, right. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a little interested in the Texans. I think they've got some problems up front um, in terms of their front seven, but I, you know, in their back, I, I, in their back end. And by the way, San Francisco, um, um, I, I thought, you know, was, was great. I thought their back end was coached up really, really well. Um, I thought they played above their talent level, to be honest with you. And I wonder if D'Amico Ryans does the same thing with the back end here. They've got some decent talent. They actually have some decent depth, too. Like MJ Stewart, I think, is a, a good depth piece for them. Um, you know, Steven Nelson, as you mentioned, I think is going to be Steven Nelson and Derek Stingley is going to form a, um, a competent one two combo uh, at the cornerback position. I, I don't think it's like fully shut down, right? But it's competent. I think it's yeah. pretty good. And again, as you mentioned, Jimmy Ward, I thought was a great addition. Um, obviously, he's going to know the system pretty good, right? So um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate this. I don't hate this a lot. I think they do have a ways to go uh, on their front seven. You know, they're they're trying to start Denzel Perryman <laughs> at middle line, but which yeah. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, you know, I'm sure he's in there for situational run stopping and stuff like that, but. Um, you need, you need pass stoppers, man. And, and right now I think their only guy that could get really get some push up front is probably Will Anderson. Um, so they got to stop the pass man. Um, and get a little pass rush in there, but yeah, you're right. Uh, offensively, don't you feel like offensively, this is a sneaky little offense. Uh, we've talked about this, I think a couple of times on this podcast. Totally. Um, even Dalton Schultz is a role playing tight end, you know, uh, again, John Mechie, see what he can give them. Um, right now, I do think their three receiver set will be Nico uh, as the X, Robert Woods uh, as the flanker, flanker, and then Noah Brown probably as the slot to start. But like Tank Dell will mix in there, you know, maybe Mechie yep. will will uh, will mix in there. But again, Brown and Woods are probably there to do more dirty work. Uh, so I think they're going to run the ball extremely well too. Just I think Damian Pierce is in for a huge season, and CJ Stroud can be pro ready. So yeah, man, I, I'm re- <laughs> I'm like interested in just talking about the Texans as a real team for the first time in in several years in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, by the way, talking about some of that depth too. Like I know Devin Singletary hasn't shown well as a runner in the preseason, but honestly, as a backup running back depth piece, oh yeah, that's that's not bad either. You know, like again, he's got some pass catching chops. I think Devin Singletary, I, who I, who I consider to be a, a nice, like professional running back, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's just a nice r- random dude. Yeah. Good change of pace, dude. Um, I think this offense actually has got a little bit of juice, um, behind it. Yeah. The defense, I, I think still needs a little work, but you know what, man, you know what, if you've got D'Amico Ryan, uh, geez, man, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to bet against him. Hard to bet against him. Um, so I, I really like your pick here, uh, of the Texans being number two. 
by the way, we haven't talked enough about like the Titans probably taking a step back. The Colts, we don't know. That's the big X factor uh, in this one, right? They're plus 550 to win the division. Um, the Colts are huge. Just uh, what is going to, I know Jonathan Taylor now probably, by the way, I, how, I don't even know what to do with Jonathan Taylor. Like how many games do you think this guy's going to play? Man, it's just, the thing is, don't just don't, don't do anything. (laughs) Don't take him. Don't if in fantasy, just don't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of depressing right now too, because, um, there were two, I think like top 12 players and Jonathan Taylor and now Cooper cup. Um, that are pretty much off the board. Like Cooper Cup, uh, I saw news today is going to see a specialist, bro. That's that is not good. No, I, you don't want to see that. You know, and again, this guy's coming off of tightrope surgery off of his ankle. You know, where they had to drill a little hole into his ankle bones, get a little little rope in there and stuff like that. That none of that sounds good. None of that sounds good at all. Anyways, all right. So there you go. That's your bold prediction. Um. Uh, show here for as we go into the 2023 season uh if you've stuck with us this long man we appreciate y'all man um if you guys would like uh, to hit us with a subscribe that'd be great if you could rate the podcast as well wherever you get your podcast that would be awesome uh and be sure to follow matt and i on instagram and on twitter um at james deco for myself matt Harmon byb uh on instagram and on twitter uh we post a lot of these clips uh from the podcast on those social media channels um so a good place to find some of this content if you miss it on the podcast as well. Uh, All right, so there you go, man. That's the show. Uh, I hope everyone has uh, great luck drafting. Uh, If you haven't gone yet, uh, I've got a couple big-time drafts coming up here for me as well, so wish me luck. Uh, But for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. Peace.